from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, folks. It's Locked On Chiefs on the Locked On Network. And today we have a special guest in your friend, Seth Kaiser of The Athletic and the Chiefs in the North newsletter. It's Chief in the North. I did that wrong. Easy for you to say. I've made bigger mistakes. We all know that. We're going to talk about the offensive line, what is coming next, and, you know, general thoughts about where we are as we check in here as the Chiefs have wrapped up minicamp. It is a little bit different. If you followed us over on RGR Football, Seth's become a regular over there, but we haven't talked to you on here in quite a while. How is everything going for you? Things are going excellent. I I can't complain, and even if I could, no one would care. So life is good. Life is good. Just uh, we're entering that time of year. Mm. known as the off season where yes i understand we've got some otas right now but you know you see that you start to see that desperate clawing for content where quotes that really don't mean anything become a really big deal and you know you hear patrick mahomes wants to win every game you know <laughs> which i i just and i get it <laughs> people got to write about it i get it we all got mouths to feed you know i i write about silly things too but man, it just kills me this time of year. That's why so much often this time of year I go back and I start like answering questions about the previous season and that sort of stuff. Because that to me seems like a lot more value than just speculating on stuff. That said, I think we should definitely speculate about a bunch of stuff today. I think we have to, right? I mean, Andy <laughs> might have a limp and everything. We have to make the biggest molehills out of everything that we can find. Um, I like the twenty and O comment because yeah, that just made me chuckle. Like. You should be upset if he said anything but what he said. Exactly. Of course they want to win every single game. Of course they do. That's the goal. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to go all you play to win the game thing, especially with some of the news that uh, maybe <laughs> maybe her might be in a little bit of trouble. We'll see. It's eh? just allegations, people, uh, in terms of that stuff. Um, but I, I just I don't understand what the goal is supposed to be. And this is why it just drives me nuts. Like people want athletes to be forthright and honest and like, but then God forbid they say the wrong thing and get memed to death on the internet. Right. Um, So yeah, no good times when you party hard and that's OTAs. Speaking of partying hard um, and deleting tweets, et cetera, et cetera. um, I I think it's, one thing that we might see here in the next few weeks before training camp, maybe the day before training camp, is is the extension for Tyron Matthew that I've been waiting for. It's coming um, like a freight train. Right. I mean, can you tell everybody your opinion um, of all this conjecture that maybe he's talking too much, maybe he's not really going to be here long term? Um, and just, just tell us what you think. The, look, Patrick Mahomes said he wants him there. The coaches said they want him there. The GM says they want him there. He says he wants to be there. At times, I do think, like you said, we tend to make mountains out of molehills. Yes, Tyron Matthew is very active on social media. He's very active on Twitter. Quickly searches out his name and initials. And if you tweet about Matthew, there's like a 50-50 chance, especially if you're clapping at him, that you are <laughs> going to get clapped back at which that's fine. What he does with his spare time, what do I care? You know, some people, that they do other things for hobbies. He uses social media. Good for him. Um, people read way too much into that. Yeah. I mean, you know, th- there's always going to be ups and downs with contract negotiations. It's hard to negotiate deals in any business, especially because most negotiations work like this, 
We're going to start way over here. We're going to start way over here. We're going to insist all these reasons. We're going to insist all these reasons and then eventually meet here. Now, wouldn't it be great if everyone started here? Sure. But that's not how anyone bargains. It's always positional bargaining. And through that process, players are going to get their feelings hurt. You know, I guarantee you, you know, with any contract negotiations, except probably Mahomes, <laughs> there was some sort of like, yeah, well, yeah, but you're not as good as this player. So, I mean, we're not going to use that as a frame of reference. You know, you struggle with this, this, and this. You know what I mean? That's just how it works. Yep. And people read a lot into that. I think it's much ado about nothing as well. Um, like I said, I think it'll probably happen the day before camp starts so he can not have to make a special trip, come inside the contract and make it done. Uh, that said, they need his leadership. This is this is a transition, especially in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I think they're piecing things together. This training camp is going to be specifically interesting in the back end for me because that's what I want to see come together. I don't think it's been a weakness, but mm-hmm. I don't think the I think the lack of Breland doesn't make it as solid as it was. And it, it may be some of its parts. We might see Baker. We might see all kinds of things. But there's a lot coming there. And there's the same thing to be said about the revamped offensive line. And I know that you have taken a huge look at it. We're going to get into that coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting is always something fun, and you can bet that this team is going to tinker with their offensive lineup. That's just the way that it goes. Uh, as camp wrapped up, uh, Coach Reed did say that the uh, conditioning test went well, quote unquote. Um, so that means nobody fell out too terribly. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. But with so many new bodies on the offensive line, I know you've taken a deep look at it. How do you feel just in general compared to last season where we were right about now, having no OTAs and some questions? Where are we at this point? <laughs> Well, where is anyone really right? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, no. So we're talking offensive line specifically? Yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty happy with where they're at with the line. There's a couple positions where I just have questions that I really want to see answered. Um, right guard in particular. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, I'm pretty relaxed. I'm comfortable with Creed Humphrey. There's always that, um, that sense of, well, I'm not really sure how it's going to go with a rookie. That said, because of Austin Bly's existence, I don't think it's going to be, well, you know, he's not very good, but we got to put him out there. Um, so I'm not too nervous about that. I'm not too nervous about right tackle because I think Remmers can do the job well enough that Niang needs to really win the spot. Right guard is where I just have no idea what's going on, especially after Kyle Long's injury. But, I mean, I like where they're at. In terms of comparing to last year, um, the tough thing about comparing them to this time last year is – we thought we were going to get a season of Mitch Schwartz last Mm -hmm. year. And so if you're talking about this time last year, I don't know if you'd call it roughly equivalent, give or take, or what, but definitely in terms of where the line was throughout the course of last season, I feel a lot better about where it is now. And even if we were talking about the beginning of last year, I think I might feel a little better about where it is now just because of the injection of talent and youth. That's been made. They, they spent a long time not investing heavily in the offensive line. They did to an extent, 
but not really heavily. And then this offseason, they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to invest it all. We're going to put a second mortgage on our house. We are going to sell all of our cars. And we're putting every dime we've got into this thing. And it's like, okay, seems like uh, the pendulum swung back the other way. Fair enough. Sold the scoreboards at the stadium. We don't need those anymore. We need to invest. Okay, I get it. I get it. So tell me this. That said, when you look at the performance we saw, not just in the Super Bowl, but particularly with Mahomes in the toe, uh, getting hit more than anyone should like. Where? How do you feel that this group, however they gel together, whatever the actual lineup is, how does this help Patrick? And do you think that he's putting himself in position to take the most advantage of it? I think the idea here with this group, I think you're seeing two stories unfold simultaneously. The story of the tackle position is triage. Mm-hmm. And they've done a heck of a job at triaging. But, man, they lost an all-pro and a Pro Bowl tackle in the same offseason. And they, it was because of injuries. And that's where, you know, that's what people tell me with salary caps. Like, no, they got hurt at terrible times. And they couldn't. They didn't know where Fisher was going to be. And, hey, Fisher's now signed with the Colts. They took a chance on him because they can. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't really have anyone else there. And because they don't have Patrick Mahomes. So they can afford to take these chances. Whereas the Chiefs couldn't take a chance. So they, I mean, it's a horrible worst case scenario along the line to lose two guys like that. And they've triaged it really well. I think they're pretty grateful that they drafted Lucas Niang last year Mm -hmm. um, because I think the plan was always for him after a year or two to take over one of the tackle spots, probably after two years. I think, I think they're accelerating the, the, the plan by a year with Niang. The interior is different. I have a theory that no matter what happened last year, injury-wise, I think they were always going to blow up the interior because that's been a problem over the course of the last few years. Um, it's one of the reasons why you have Mahomes getting happy feet a little bit, and that's something that he struggles with at times, and he knows that. He admits it readily. Mike Kafka talked about it um, when he was interviewed by my colleague Ted Wynn at The Athletic. He talked about, you know, Pat does have a tendency to drift a little bit, but it gets worse with the protection. When the when the front is doing well, he does well with that. Um, he just because he knows he can make a play. So I think the plan was always to blow up the interior and invest heavily in it. It just so happened because of an emergency on the tackle spot, they had to do it all. And so I'm impressed that they got that much done in one off season with the added pressure of what happened with the tackles. Yeah, I, I think it's imperative and. It is. I agree with you. Like, I, I think the drifting out the back of the pocket is a, definitely a tendency when he feels that upfront pressure. Um, certainly mm-hmm. scrambling is going to be when he's got something, you know, in his face apparent. But right. my big question is, can he settle down? I know he's talked about recognizing that he needs to settle down, take what the defense gives him, deliver the ball and get out of that play, move on to the next one. Do you think that that actually happens? Or do you think his natural competitive tendencies still slow down his development in terms of knowing when to just chuck it up and get out of that play, throw it out of bounds for Lord's sake, get to the next one. You know, I I think what I see from Mahomes is when he does have protection, he operates so well within structure. Um, Like maybe the best game of his entire career was week three against the Ravens. Um, And they, they knew what was coming. They protected pretty well against it by and large. Um, and also the Ravens just, I mean, they were blitzing him to death. It was just insane. They they wouldn't stop. 
And I was watching it like thinking like, why are you doing the same thing over and over again? Like, this is not going to work. Um, and no matter how you mix it up, it's not going to work. That's just not the phase of his career he's at anymore. Mm-hmm. You cannot surprise him. I'm telling you, they're still hanging on to 2018 where they kind of bothered Mahomes with a lot of that stuff. And it had, didn't work in 19. I mean, in 20, it got him killed. It was hilarious. Um, but you see him operating within structure when the protection's there. Um, he does it very, very, very well. I think what happens is when there start to become breakdowns, he defaults a little too far in the direction of the playmaker and maybe in doing it just a half second or a second too soon. So I, and you can see it actually through the course of the seasons going back and forth. So like 2019, for example, I was writing about how he was drifting out too much and late season, he start when, when they got a little bit of a shuffle along the interior and the pass pro improved a little bit, you saw him reel it in. And that's, I think, one of the more impressive things about him is the willingness to self-scout and actually self-correct. Do I think he'll ever completely solve it? No, I don't. Just because it's always going to be right here next to one of his greatest strengths. And while he plays around with that, there's always going to be those occasions where it gets taken too far. Yeah, I am taking it too far is what I'm concerned about as well. And it's not just with Patrick. There are other positions as well. I want to get your take on a couple of them. Now that we finish the off season, what has to happen when we get back to training camp? Because I know it seems like it's a ways out, folks. It's really not. You're going to blink your eyes and we'll be going to camp. So we're going to get into that coming up next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors. But let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So I'm excited. I just want I just want to say that. I'm excited. Um, there was a lot of concern with guys not being in camp. A couple of bodies in particular, Frank Clark, sure. Chavarius Ward, got those in. Um, yep. We're past that. I think those are two guys that have to have pretty solid seasons to maintain their ability to stay on this roster in years to come. Do you think, for those two guys in particular, that that is enough motivation to turn around and get maybe the best performance of their time in Kansas City this season? You know, I think with with Charvarius Ward, there's going to be a question mark there because last season could have maybe been considered a contract year for him. Although I think given the way the Chiefs contract stuff played out, because the salary cap is sort of fake, but not entirely fake, (laughs) there are things that you have to do. I don't know if there was ever – I think they might have told him from the get-go, like, look, we're going to have you play out this year, and then we're going to, you know, slap the tag on you. This is not your contract year. Um so there's a chance there gets more there. Uh, Ward certainly has the ability. It's tough for me when a guy's been doing something for three years and he's about the same player. Now, that player isn't a bad player. No, nope. um, he, He's a solid starting corner. He's a guy that any team could pay to be their starting corner, and they'd be okay. Um, he does have some weaknesses to his game, but and he's not quite as consistent as Breland is, and that concerns me. But at this point, I'm starting to become confident in Brett Veach's ability to find 
and Steve Spagnuolo's ability to coach like a pack of gum into a competent cornerback. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think with him, they, I, there's a chance of it, but I, I have a hard time seeing him long-term in Kansas City either way just because if he has a meh year, then maybe they'll try like the Bashad Breeland one-year plan with him over and over. Um, if, if he's only okay, if he has a good year, he's going to get paid elsewhere. Corners get paid. Clark, it's a little different because his contract is so huge. And I'm going to look this up as I talk here. Um, his contract with the way that it's written, um, there's a big dead cap hit next year, but it's not just because his overall cap hit is so big, even with a dead cap hit, the Chiefs stand to save, if they wanted to, $14 million bucks next year against the cap. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If they did, you know, post-June 1st type thing, they could save a lot more, but then, you know, it would carry over an extra year because it would save them a ton of money. And then in 2023, it would save them a world of money because of that contract. And because of that, you're really, you're reaching that um, near the end of Justin Houston's contract territory where you've got to play at star level to be worth that contract. You know, the, one of the biggest misconceptions, in my opinion, that I see is like this idea that Justin Houston was not good his final year in Kansas City. He was good. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great like he used to be. And he was getting paid great money. And that's problematic. Um, and I think Clark, in order to get to that next season, is going to have to be better than he's been any other year in Kansas City. And I get in 2019, he had the nerve issue. He fought through it. Good for him. I think he's played hurt or not feeling like himself for almost his entire tenure in Kansas City, and he should be applauded for that. And instead, he gets a lot of pot shots by people saying, well, he's not playing well. Clearly, something's not right. I'm going to be writing about that over the next few weeks here. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, it is a business, and you need to play like, we're talking like 2018, or really like 2015 through 2018 in Seattle. If I recall, I think 1815 was his first year or second year. Because he really did have like four really good years in a row. And they improved. It was yep. ascending. Yep. And he was ascending every year, but he was consistent. He was an excellent player. He really needs to play at that level, I think, to stick around at the current hit he's at. Just because otherwise, you can pay a lot of guys a lot of money, but they've got to perform. Yeah, I'm with you. Do you, do you think that Jaron Reed helps him get back to that? I, I think the biggest thing is going to be his health. That's based on everything I've seen. When he was healthy down the stretch in 2019, he was a difference maker. And it's going to be whether he gets that power back that that he relied on so much for those bull rushes and long arms. That was his bread and butter, and he based his entire game around that, around being more athletic than a power player should be, right? How, that was his thing. That's why his other moves worked. His spin move, um, a, a lot of his stuff was based around a tackles being so afraid of his bull rush and his long arm. And without those two things, he becomes an average pass rusher. So everything builds, his entire pass rush plan is built around that. It's kind of like Chris Jones's pass rush plan is built around those ridiculously heavy hands and his ridiculous get off. Chris Jones is just awesome. Yeah. Um, but if he lost one of those things, it would affect his entire pass rush plan. So I don't think Jaron Reed actually is the, is the big impetus there. Um, I think it's just whether Clark's himself. If he's himself, I think him and Reed are going to do some crazy things. 
if he's what he's been like last year, I think he'll do better with Reed there, but it's still not going to be enough. Gotcha. I, as I understand it, he's he's sitting at about 255, which is, I think, 12 pounds under his listed weight. I'm a little bit concerned about that. So maybe that goes go to the total health, but maybe that helps us get off too. So I'm going to be very interested. That's one thing that I'm going to look for when we get to camp. But before then, like you said, you're, you're going to check out a few things in this lull. Um, and folks, it's not as long as it feels. We're going to be here five days a week, no matter what. And we have things to talk about. What are you going to be focused on between now and the start of training camp? Um, One thing is going to be a, a good-sized review of Frank Clark. I want to take a look at a few guys just to see how they really did last year. Guys that got a lot of praise, you know, chart multiple games of Legereus Sneed. Um, maybe take a look at Willie Gay's snaps, Trashawn Wharton, some of the young guys. Um, some of the other guys, you know, I've written about the new arrivals. I'm going to, you know, write a few things I'm sure about Mahomes, but I really just want to kind of look at the young guys and look at Clark because I think those are where the big questions come this offseason. And I finally will have time. There's just not a lot of time in any other time of the year to chart the, a large enough sample size to get a good idea. Because who knows, maybe I chart 10 games of Frank Clark and find out, you know, his win percentage was actually still pretty good. What were we missing? Yeah. I look forward to seeing that. That'll be over on the Chiefs in the North. Chief in the North. The Chiefs in the North, actually. That Oh, that's even better. We got to get those little logos. That would be good. The Chief in the North newsletter, <laughs> folks. You can find that on Substack. But before I let you go, just in general, the way that this offseason's gone, leading into what is a mostly healthy roster going into training camp, how do you feel about the prospect of getting back to a third straight Super Bowl? I feel good about it. Um, yeah. You got to keep in mind that Mahomes, obviously the Super Bowl was rough, terrible game, went very badly, but it's still the first time they've ever lost a game. Mahomes has ever lost a game by more than one score. And it took an unbelievable series of circumstances for that to occur. Not just unprecedented offensive line injuries, but two literally drop touchdowns. Yeah. It took that. That were big-time momentum swingers. A dropped third down that really Tyree Kill should have caught. It was a contested ball. He let the guy come over the top of him, knock it away. That ended up being a pick. Um, another third down Kelsey drop that could have kept the chains. It took a lot of crap to go wrong. And I think it's going to be – and it took a very, 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 very good team that was playing by far its best football, really well-coached team. The Bucks are an excellent team. It took all that to result in that. I think, you know, the the Titans obviously getting Julio, they're all in. The Bills, the Chiefs seem to have their number, but we'll see. And that's that's the one thing. All the the contenders, how with how badly the Super Bowl went, and every year's its own animal. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting the Chiefs did not really get challenged in the playoffs. Yes, it was a nail biter against Cleveland because Mahomes got hurt. Right. They 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 cut right through the Bills. And the Bills were like, they were the hot team. They were like, this is the most serious challenge to the Chiefs that they've seen yet. And they, I mean, they really, it wasn't even that close. So I think they've got a good chance to make it back. But there's always, you know, you never know. Every year is its own animal. Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm looking forward to it as well. I feel pretty confident as well. During this break, folks, we're going to give you our season predictions, our division predictions, as well as go over the positional battles, who's where on the depth chart. And obviously there will be changes. So keep it here five days a week on Locked on Chiefs. Thanks for being here, Seth. And check out the Chief in the North newsletter. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man, I forgot. Thanks for having me, Ryan. <laughs> 
Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.